0: Well, a very special edition of Speak of the Devils comes your way. I'm Matt Laughlin, along with my good friends, Catherine Bogart and Amanda Stein. Welcome to what is our year-end look back, our -ah year-ahead look at what 2021 and the new season, which is just on the horizon, might bring us. But first off, both Catherine and Amanda, I hope you've enjoyed your holiday season. I know you're looking forward to 2021. Happy New Year to you both. Happy, yeah, New, Happy Year, New Year, Maddie
1: and Catherine.
0: <laughs> I am telling you, I think the world cannot wait uh, to see what 2021 brings us. It has to be better than what we It can't get much worse.
1: No, but <laughs> you know what? I've been re-
0: or I guess. I've been reflecting on things a little bit. And yeah, sure, there's a pandemic and it's just been horrific and has impacted so many people. But there are some good things that... Uh, have come out of it. Like I had a niece born earlier this year, and uh, uh, I had a a niece who is going to have a baby in 2021, but that's because of what took place in (laughs) 2020. So anyway, there are good things that have happened in 2020, but unfortunately, uh, they are less uh, and few and far between compared to the overall picture. But there have been some good things that have occurred, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about nieces, my first niece was born as well. And it would have been nearly impossible for me to be home at the time, but um, but I was because I went back to Montreal for what felt like an eternity and ended up being eight months, even though I packed for two weeks. Uh, <laughs> but I, I got to be home and, you know, be one of the, you know, main people in her life for the first couple months. I moved in with them and helped. To, it was just awesome. It was so great to get that unusual family time that I wouldn't otherwise have. And I know, Catherine, you got some pretty incredible family time, too.
2: Yeah, so my dad has been deployed on and off most of my life, but was in Afghanistan from 2017, the summer of 2017, all the way until April of 2019, wow, or 2020, so it's been, you know. (laughs) It's been on and off. So actually it was summer of 2018 to April, 2020. That's what it was. These years all blend together, but (laughs) I um, spent a lot of time with him down in DC where he lives. And I think one of the key things that I've taken away from this year, and I think this is a universal lesson that a lot of people have taken away is slowing down and really truly assessing where you are as a person. I mean, this was a time that people could take their health more seriously. This was a Time that people could take their mental health more seriously. This was a time that you could actually focus on slowing down. And we go through, especially in the middle of a hockey season, as you both know, we're running. Okay, today's a practice day, tomorrow's a travel day, the next day is a game day, then we come back and then we have another game day. So when you're in the grind and you're running around like crazy, you don't have time to reflect and really stop and take note of how you're actually doing. So I feel like this year, a lot of us did use that time to refocus, slow down a little bit, not worry about running between each day and really take each day as a blessing and how can we get better each day?
0: A hundred percent. Now, none of us would want it to happen again to force us into that thought process, but hopefully everyone took this opportunity uh, to kind of refocus on what's important. And uh, there are some good things, as I said, that came out of 2020. And so that's what we'll focus on. Uh, We'll talk about Yes, some of the bad and unfortunate things that happened from a devil's perspective. But, uh, Amanda, I'll start with you. When you look back at the season, which ended in March, and so we'll go back to October, of course, and take it through the end of the season, the truncated conclusion to the year, what what did you take out of the season?
1: Um, that I can't believe that some of the things that happened early on in the year actually happened <laughs> This last hockey season, because I, you know, getting ready for this podcast, I was like going over, okay, what were the mean storylines? What happened? And then, you know, I, I would think of things like, okay, well, obviously, like John Hines started last year as the head coach of the New Jersey Devils but that just seems like an eternity ago now. So there were so many things that happened in a short amount of time. Um, And when it comes to the team in and of itself, I really think what we saw in the months that they were playing was a transformation of who they were into who they can become.
2: Yeah, I agree with that completely. I mean, we remember how fun it was to watch devil's hockey right in, you know, February and March and that sudden stop. And this team was really starting to find an identity. They were playing really well. And even though it didn't always translate to wins, you saw huge improvements with this team from the first half of the season to the second half of the season. And I mean, Mackenzie Blackwood had an incredible month where he literally dominated the league. So to see all those pieces so close to being put together and then everything whole, I definitely agree with Amanda there. Like it was seeing what they can become. And I'm sure you're both also curious as many fans are curious, how will that translate with a long off season for this devil's team and a lot of young talent coming in?
0: Well, we're all looking forward to that when things kick off in just a short while for the New Jersey Devils and the entire National Hockey League. But I also think that what came out of this, and, and you both alluded to it, not that the organization was sending out false hope. You had Taylor Hall coming off knee surgery, not too far off an MVP season. Hopefully he would be back to that form. And there was some hope that Corey Schneider, after he showed well in the world championships, would be able to help the New Jersey Devils. Jack Hughes, the number one pick, the excitement that night at Championship Plaza when his name was announced by uh, Marty Brodeur at the draft and the place went crazy. Uh, Well, then all of a sudden it pushed the Devils to a place where probably they shouldn't have been. Fans are optimistic, I'm optimistic, and we hoped that things would go well. But it forced the Devils, as things went awry, to refocus on what's important, which is rebuilding, continuing to rebuild the system, continuing to wait for the young players to develop, and understanding that it's a little bit of a process. It's going to take a little bit of longer. So I think it kind of readjusted the fan base. As I read and and look at blogs and talk to fans, I think they've adjusted their expectations. And for the better, I I think this is a more realistic outlook for what the devils might be able to do.
1: Well, and realistic is the key word there, right? And not, you know, you're allowed to be excited. You're allowed to get pumped up about what could be. But when you really see what you are, um, you know, have those types of expectations are important. But Matt, I mean, just to what you were saying for me, it's sort of the notion of this year was really the changing of the guard. Um, you know, you're moving from one generation is probably not the right word, but, you know, from one generation um, to to a new one now. And this is now the opportunity for people like Nico Heashier, for people like Jack Hughes, Mackenzie Blackwood, this really young core that's been put together. And those are the three names that you really do hear the most often when it comes to this, but there are plenty of other players. But this is now their team. It's not, you know... Uh, I mean, Travis Zajac is still there because you do need some sort of, um, you know, veteran presence. But the heavy lifting will now be done by a new generation of talent.
2: And that's okay, right? Like, oh, yes, we wanted to be excited. We wanted last season to be the season where everything came together. It was a long playoff run. But if you think about how franchises are built that have extended periods of success in every single sport, There's always a couple of seasons, even when it seems like everything is there that you don't have everything clicked perfectly, but that's because you're building for a long-term success. So once these younger players get more comfortable in the league, once they have more reps, once this team finds its identity together and is a very cohesive unit, then you can expect to see long-term success. And I don't know if I'm speaking just for myself. I would assume that most people have this as well, but I'd rather have a team that's competing for years to come and multiple years in a row than just one really bright season where they go really far, maybe win it all, but then crash the next year. You want to have that continued and sustained success. So if we need to take another season to build it up and to get those reps in and let these younger players pack on some muscle, get some experience, get some experience with a NHL offseason, which is very important as we both, as all of us know, I think that will lead to a longer period of success for the devils coming forward. And Tom Fitzgerald knows what team he needs to build. And he's been getting these pieces together for, for his entire time as GM, but also as an assistant GM for this team.
0: So some of the players that stood out for me, uh, and I'm going to focus on the defense initially, because I don't think he gets enough props and that's Damon Severson quietly, suddenly with all the years under his belt, He has developed into a player who can do it on both ends of the ice, can contribute offensively, big, strong guy, knows the defensive part of the game. And I think he's poised for uh, an incredible jump in the eyes of NHL experts and fans, because I think he's got all the requisite skills. The consistency hasn't been there. But I've detected over the last year maturity to his approach Mm -hmm. and in his game, and Well, I just loved what he was able to do for the most part last year. And listen, I'm going to address the people who are listening, the negative Nellies, the Debbie Downers. You can pick a game here or there. I get it. They're human. These guys, it's not going to be perfect. Every shift, every game, but overall, Damon Severson, uh, I'm just so excited for what he might be able to do. So he's a guy that really excites me.
1: Well, I mean, you know, just as you said, Matt, they're human. And so it's so easy to pick apart bad performances. Um, and yet, you know, when someone has a good performance as a defenseman, sometimes it's just because they're doing their job and it's nothing that really stands out. But I would have to agree with you there for uh, Damon Severson. But I think when I look at next year and and things like that, I'm really looking at some of the players, maybe, you know, P.K. Subban, who definitely didn't have the season he would have wanted to, that he's capable of in a first year with a new team. So I really expect him to you know, really take on a new level of his game. And that doesn't mean he has to be the P.K. Subban of 10 years ago in Montreal winning the Norris Trophy. But I think we all know that there can be much more from P.K.'s game that will only benefit everyone on this team. So for me, I'm really interested in watching how he develops from year one to year two with New Jersey.
2: PK has definitely put in the work this off season, as we have all seen on his social media account. So I'm sure it's going to translate onto the ice. Like you're saying, Amanda, a player that I'm very excited to see continue his success is Kyle Palmieri. He was, you know, the top goal scorer for the devils this past year. Also top points Nikita Gusev had the top assists, So of course, Palmieri couldn't sweep all three categories, but Palms is someone that takes so much pride in playing for his hometown or his hometown, his home state. He's from Jersey. He grew up in the devil's youth hockey system. So for him to come back to Jersey after playing a couple years in Anaheim at the start of his career and do very well with scoring goals in New Jersey when they need him to is something that's very promising. And he was on pace to have one of his best seasons in the league this past season before things shut down. So I think Palms has always been one to be very serious about knowing his role on this team, being a leader on the offensive end, showing what it takes to be this NHL top scorer for your team. And that will only influence the young guys as much as possible. And I remember talking to Palms after the season had ended and we were doing year end reviews and talking with all the players and He said that he takes a lot of pride in being a role model and being a mentor for these players because he had such great role models in the Anaheim locker room when he was coming up and to hear a player say that, I mean, I know they all are role models and they all help each other out, but to have a player really make that such a big part of who he is in the locker room will only benefit this young team. So I think Palms will continue to do well on the ice, but I think his impacts in the locker room. You'll see five or six years down the line when you have, you know, these top guys who are now very young becoming the top guys on this team for the devils and then mentoring the next generation. And that's what it's all about, mentoring the next generation.
1: I think also, you know, we've all mentioned players that have been with the team, whether it's for a year or several years. But I, I'm i curious to see what type of impact a player like Dmitry Kulikov can bring uh, on the back end, because he's going to be one of the more robust um, guys back there he's you know Damon Severson's on the more slender side don't get me wrong he's quite you know firm and he can he can lay out the hits but Dmitry Kulikov that's really part of his game that physical aspect and I think and, and Matt you know jump in here if you agree or if you don't but that's an element that has been missing over the last couple of years when it comes to the, the blue line in terms of being really hard to play against.
0: Oh, it has been. And Tom Fitzgerald identified that and said, that's an area they had to get better in. They had to be more physical. They had to be bigger, harder to play against. And I think uh, his addition, I think Ryan Murray's addition will certainly help in that area because they're, you know, as players go in this day and age, solid, good sized guys. So yeah, those are a couple of players I'm keeping an eye on and, and to see where they lead us to. And I, you know, We'll just wrap up last year here, real quick. Even though, because there's so much to talk about uh, this coming season, even though it ended in a loss, I will remember, and there was a lot of excitement at the end of the year, the team played better and you could just see things coming together. But I will remember opening night because the yeah. joint was going crazy and it was a sea of red and white and there was such an energy in the building so having been around this team for a long time I know what it's like when things go well we experienced it recently in the playoff run but there is there is a passion about this fan base that that night was on display and I can't wait to see it Whenever fans are allowed back in our building, but I know, I know that's what I, that's one of the things I'm going to take out of last year. Like, it's there, man, and it's building, and it was just a it was a joy to be a part of for well two periods anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But I I think just to um, piggyback off of that, Matt, I, the excitement around you know this will be my fourth season with the team, and I can feel a palpable difference between the excitement that was around the 2017-18 team when I joined and what has happened over the last few months. It feels different. Fans feel more engaged because they feel more excited because they really see something coming together uh, with the pieces already in place and what's coming up through the system, whether it's the three first round picks of this past draft, there really does, Matt, seem to be a difference in the enthusiasm. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think we're not going to take things like going to a live sports event for granted ever again as a collective, as a community. And I feel like there will be even more passion coming into The Rock when fans are back and when you know things are safe and we're able to do that safely because we just spent... Upwards of almost a year, not being able to congregate in places together as one big group. And the Devils family is a family. So I'm excited for everyone to be able to come back. And I think on top of all the exciting stuff on the ice, that whole we're back and we can be in a, a live arena again, will also just add a cherry on top to it all.
0: And until the fans can get there to see their team in action, they'll be able to get a ton of content on njd.tv, on our website, uh, on the radio broadcast, what MSG will bring. But I know our content team as represented by you, Catherine and Amanda and Chris Westcott and our producers, Blaine Sayers and Andrew McLean, are really diving in to bring even more to the coming season. So there's excitement uh, that lies ahead for the Devils because of how we will be able to get behind the scenes we've got a documentary coming up (laughs) yeah am i supposed supposed to mention that
1: (laughs) i don't know i don't know (laughs) but but i i think what's important about what you're mentioning matt is that it's going to be so different for everyone whether it's the players the fan base the support staff everyone this whole experience of what's coming up is going to be so different so we're really fortunate to have the type of access that we will um, that that others might not get and so you know, this is our real opportunity to jump in head first and give the fans everything that 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 they want and that they need to stay connected to this team.
0: And, and not just on the ice or mm-hmm. in the dressing room, but also in the community. And Catherine, that's where you do such terrific work. And I'm thinking back to last year when we had Evan Yasser do a game. And how yeah. awesome was that to uh, give this young man – on the spectrum, autistic, but fully functional, and the ability to call a game. And, man, he was spot on. So those are the things that excites me about this organization It makes me so proud to be part of the organization because we do things like that. And so the fans get to find out more about our community involvement and what our players do through the work that you do, Catherine.
2: Yeah, it's been very rewarding. I know I've talked with both of you about this before, but it just adds so much more to sports. Like sports are, yes, about the team that's on the ice, the field, the court, whatever, but it's also about the community that it brings together with all these people liking a common sports team. So it's really exciting when we can go out into the community, tell these stories about people who are inspiring us and inspiring others. And just to be able to tell these stories also shows other people that they're not alone, no matter who they are, how they identify, whatever they may be, they have someone else out there like them. So Evan was such a fun story to go over. I mean, we went to his house and we sat down with every member of his family and then we brought him into the game and Matt, you were there with him. I I just remember watching, we set up a GoPro facing up at you, Chico, and Evan while he was calling that period. And I remember watching the footage as we were editing it, just in awe of, you could see the joy on Evan's face and how in the zone he was i mean he was going to call games actually for college i believe this season but of course that didn't happen but evan will have a great future in this sport, calling games because he is truly an incredible person and i'm so happy we got to share that story we got to share the story of eli which was another amazing story um with grace there's just so many stories that we were happy to share and I know the goal is to continue sharing them. It might be a different format. We might not Mm -hmm. be going to their houses. We might be on Zoom like we are now, but just being able to share these stories is so important because we're all the same when it comes down to it. We're all humans. We're all people. And it's really nice to be able to share that.
1: And I think one of the things also is, you know, Catherine and my desk are right next to each other. Now they're a little further spaced (laughs) apart, but I I want people to understand just how hard Catherine works at not just finding the stories, um, but putting them together because you do, as you mentioned, you sit down with everybody in a family or multiple people. And it's not easy to, you know, put someone's story like that, whether it's Grace or Eli or whoever, into, what, two, three minutes sometimes, you know, you can stretch it to four or five if you can. <laughs> but it, it's really remarkable to see all that come together and how much it's appreciated, not just by the people that you're covering, Catherine, but, you know, that our fan base has engaged with it and, and want to know more. It's not easy. You're, you know, sometimes like in a locker room with players, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll give you that one quote and you're all like, okay, I'll use that, but you... <laughs> You have a lot of footage to sift through.
2: It's okay. It's worth it. And I appreciate the kind words because it's it's truly rewarding. And I think when we create these stories, and I think all storytellers feel this way, you want to do the person justice because it's not your story. If it's my story, I know exactly how to cover it. I'll tell you. I'll give you the cliff notes. I'll just give you the sound bites. We won't have to sift through the interview. I'll tell you what photos to take and what B-roll to take. But when you're telling someone else's story, that's the thing. You want to make sure that they're proud of it as well, because you don't ever want to misconstrue someone in a different way. And I think we're just so thankful that one, we have an amazing team to work with. Like every person on this content team is so supportive. I know I've shown you stuff, Amanda, and you've given me feedback. I know Matt, you're always watching these things and saying, Oh, I loved how you did this. And you were on, on point to help with evan we asked you so quickly and you said yes of course and i think it helps to have the support of the content team and you know chris williams blaine and andrew all have been videographers for all these pieces before so they've been very helpful but when it comes down to it telling these stories we're also most thankful that these people have allowed us into their homes quite literally at times and allowed us to share because it is somewhat nerve-wracking to have your story shared to hundreds of thousands of Devils fans, but we're just so thankful that the Devils community and those that we have featured have been so willing and the response from the fan base and even outside the fan base has been so positive.
0: c Dub, uh, forgive me for not bringing your name up, but uh, <laughs> covered that Chris Williams and of course, uh, Chris Westcott, Kueske, a uh, very important uh part of our coverage. So uh, you touched upon it a little bit uh, earlier, but is there a player or two that you're really looking forward to seeing this year as thankfully we're back to playing and uh, looking forward to seeing what the Devils can do in this newly constructed uh, division? Catherine, I'll start with you. Is there a player or two? I know there's a player or two. So who are the players that you're really looking forward to seeing?
2: Yeah, I think one of them is Mackenzie Blackwood, of course, because, you know, he did just sign this contract. He was having a really good end to this last season and he put in a lot of work this off season. And I think it's always exciting too to watch the dynamic of a young goaltender at the start of his prime with an older veteran goaltender like Corey Crawford coming in. I'm really excited to see that da- dynamic. I'm really excited to also watch Corey Crawford and see how he interacts in this locker room. He's the only player in this locker room who has this insane amount of experience as a goaltender. And he's one of the few players in this soccer room who has ever really held the Stanley Cup and has won it multiple times. So to see Corey Crawford come in with multiple Stanley Cup wins, you know, success on the international stage. I'm excited to see this goaltender uh, duo here and see how they feed off of each other and how Corey can help. McKenzie. But then also I am excited as I'm sure many of our fans are to see Jack Hughes and to see all of his off-season work. I know he told us earlier this off-season that his younger brother Luke who plays for the U.S. National Team Development Program in Michigan actually borrowed gym equipment from the U.S. National Team to bring to their house to work out and it was Quinn, Luke, and Jack all working out together. So I'm excited to see the off-season progress that he's made there was a lot of pressure on him going into last season, and I don't think that was necessarily fair. Sure, a number one draft pick is a huge deal, but any time any person has done anything in their first season or their first time doing something, to have these insane expectations is not healthy and is not helpful either. So he got his play. He got the experience of what it's like to be an athlete, a professional athlete in the NHL. Like That's a very hard transition, especially from the USHL. So I'm excited to see how he's taken the lessons he's learned in his first year in the league, the offseason, his first NHL offseason, and how he'll translate that onto the ice this year.
1: You just, like, ticked off all the players. <laughs> so I don't, want, I don't want to rehash because those really are the main or some of the main storylines. But, Matt, I'm going to actually go a different direction. And I'm going to say Lindy Ruff. For mm-hmm. me, that's someone who I'm really going to be keeping my eye on, not just be keeping my eye on. That sounds like like I'm watching him. But, but just because... This is a new scenario. It's been a long time since he's been a head coach of a team. Um, He's gained a lot of experience. I mean, not only just with his ample years in the league, but, you know, transitioning from Dallas and then to the New York Rangers. And, you know, he's talked a lot about how he's, he's worked at familiarizing himself with a new generation and how to interact with a new generation. And this team is the perfect opportunity to put that to work because of how young it is that we've talked a lot about. So for me, it's keeping an eye on, you know, what is Lindy Ruff going to do? How is he going to implement all these things? And as someone who comes in and commands a lot of respect right away, just by his name, to me, I'm very excited to see what this team will look like under a head coach like Lindy Ruff, especially considering what he did in really his first couple of years with Dallas, with talent like Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, he's got similar pieces to the puzzle here in New Jersey that he did when he was in uh, Dallas and really brought the best out in their offensive
0: talent. And the devil certainly will be, be dependent on those guys to break out and live up to it, and yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what Lindy will bring to the table as well. I think the players, as a collective, want to put next year. They were embarrassed or last year they were embarrassed yeah. by last year. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Uh, they didn't perform up to their level, and we you know we know what the result was. And so I think the veterans and and some of the young guys are definitely of the mindset that like hey better start let's go let's let's start winning that's what it's all about it's a great lifestyle we know that money's fantastic but it's still about winning and losing these are the most competitive guys in the world uh, yeah amanda well i uh, know
1: i was just gonna say like how do you think things like resonate differently had this been like a regular season in terms of starting in october um playing an 82 game schedule like I, I wonder what that effect is going to be from transitioning from one year to another with a, so many changes B with the development of players between year one and year two, whether you're considering Jack. Um, I, I really wonder what that's going to do in this scenario. Cause it's going to be different. It's not going to be like, you know, year one to year two for Nico, right. Where it was just like regular season to another regular season. This, this will be, this will be a challenge. It's not going to be easy.
0: No, there are mental challenges for sure that no one has ever faced. Uh, no fans in the building, you know, for one, uh, realigned divisions for another, uh, the constant checking on the health. And we have mm-hmm. to expect that there are going to be some players, yeah. you know, not specifically saying the Devils, but around the league. Anyone who thinks we're going to get through the season without anyone getting, and hopefully it happens, but without anybody getting the virus and with the team missing a game, uh, you know, they're crazy. This virus has won out in all the other sports too, but there's a way to get it done the way the NHL yes. is approaching it. And so that'll be a challenge too. Like, how do you integrate this taxi squad in and, you know, how do you do it when suddenly, okay, you, you were able to isolate somebody, but it, Makes you shorthand. Is it? Is it as simple as saying it's a, just like an injury? Somebody's got to step up. I guess it is. But yeah, there'll, there'll be a lot of challenges uh, you know, along the way, uh, and so the mentally strong teams will be the ones that will succeed. I, yeah, I think. I think it's a way though there, there is no real carryover from last year. I, I know the players, no. as I said, I just said are embarrassed, but because it's so new, it's it's like, let's go. Uh, let's see where the chips fall when we uh, throw the cards on the table, which is, I don't know, a terrible mix of metaphors. <laughs> I'm not even sure it makes any sense. <laughs> no, but, but hopefully but people right. know what I'm talking about. Let's see what happens. <laughs> well, because there's so much uncertainty about
1: how things are going to go, what thing, you know, the, the, our, our team, for example, you know, they didn't get the experience this summer of A, of playing just to begin with, but B, playing in an arena with nobody there. You know, those are all things that require adjustments that, you know, the seven teams who weren't in the playoffs or return to play or whatever it was, yeah. will, will now, you know, have to get accustomed to right away.
0: Yeah. I, yeah but I wonder, I was thinking about this this morning, is the, a lot's been made of, oh, the seven teams, including the Devils, haven't been on the ice since March, and the other teams – you know, had a chance and they did, but like, for instance, the Rangers were done quickly. Like, does that, did it really help them? They had a few weeks of getting together and played and they were gone. So I'm not sure how much of an advantage that necessarily was. Maybe there's a little bit, but I think these are professional athletes. They'll figure it out.
2: To be honest, I don't think it's going to, at the end of the day, it's not going to make that much of a difference everyone's coming in off of an off season. The only players who it might've had the biggest impact are the two teams that made it to the Stanley cup final. Like, sure. They were playing a lot longer, but as we all know, with off seasons, teams change, you have free agency, you have trades, you have people that you're drafting. So essentially, even if you had a team that went very far, say like Tampa and you come into this next season, your roster still isn't going to look the same. You have injuries on that team. You have injuries with every team. So even though other teams got to play longer, I really don't think it'll make that much of a difference, especially for teams like ours who have dealt with injuries this past season. This longer off season gave people time to actually recover and heal and spend the time in the gym Mm -hmm. that they need to do their physical therapy versus just grinding it out, getting prepared for a season. Another thing that will kind of be a leveling force I believe for everyone in the league is the fact that there are no preseason games. So everyone is coming into this their first game action in months will be game number 1, which I would like to say to the fans of every team, please be patient with your franchises. It's not all do or die with those first 5 games. They are still figuring it out for this season especially since rosters have changed. So I do expect it to be somewhat more equal than people have said it will be, but It's just, it all depends. And this season is not going to be normal, no matter what you say, it will not be normal. So we can't necessarily have these expectations of if a team does really great or really poorly this year, I wouldn't say that's a long-term reflection on how the team will be in the first regular season back in 2021 and 2022.
0: I agree. but on the
2: flip-
1: Sorry. I, I, yeah. Do you mind? I'm just going to jump in there yeah, and please. say that, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, not starting on the right foot in this season could have a way bigger impact than not starting on the right foot in a regular, regular season, because you, you, it's so condensed the schedule that if you don't get off to a good start, it, you know, and I'm just talking about like league wide, not just the devils. I mean, it could be gone in the flash of an eye before everything, you know, before you're even into the second month of the season. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but it is more urgent right from the get-go to be on your best
0: game. Well, we have heard often in our sports, you don't win the Stanley cup in October, but you can lose it. And the devil's getting off to that bad start really doomed them last year. So I think it is imperative with a shortened season, particularly and a, a different divisional setup. They went from a, very hard division to an even more difficult setup. I think. I think so. I think they did. I think, I think so they, too. You know, I mean, Boston, you know, Boston is maybe starting to slide a little bit, a little bit of an aging team, but they still are tough out. Buffalo is a team that we don't know much about, kind of on the come. But they've they've had so many struggles over the years. We'll see if Jack Eichel can duplicate last year. We'll see if Taylor Hall, in his one year experiment with Buffalo, can recreate some of the pizzazz he showed with the Devils. So, but we don't know about Buffalo. But even though I'll, I'll miss Columbus uh, and I'll miss Carolina, you know, we'll we'll bring it in That'd two pretty... <laughs> We're two pretty good teams. The Carolina is a, a very good team, as is Columbus. But the two teams coming in actually had more points last year than the two teams we lost. Yeah. So uh, I think it's I think getting off to a good start will be important, but I also am curious to see how this all works with Lindy coming in. You know, you're, he's a new coach and he can have zoom meetings. He can talk all he wants, but under other circumstances, you know, he would have been in New Jersey at a certain point, the players would have start drifting in. They could have met and gone over some things there. You know, some players would have come in earlier. Some players would have hung around longer, all that sort of stuff. And so it's, we'll get to know you real quick and we'll see how it all works out. But I, I think there are some factors like that, that bear watching back to the players, you know, yeah, Jack used a lot of pressure. I think he'll develop to me. I love the guy. I think Nico he is yeah. ready to blossom. He's going to have a terrific year. He's, he's at that point, enough years in the league, enough maturity, physically filling out. I, you know, I think he's he's ready to go. So I'm excited about that. Any surprise candidates that, you know, we should like somebody who might step outside of what they've done or, you know, I'll, I'll pick Ty Smith. We'll see what he brings. Or oh, you know what? I'm going to yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Will Butcher, like Will Come came on. in with such a bang. Really, you know, man!
1: T- that first season was incredible.
0: Yeah, and it's tailed off a little bit. Whether the league has gotten to know him a little bit, we know he was injured last year. I think he's got a lot to prove this year, and I think he too now has enough NHL experience under his belt. He's going to play a, an important role. I want to see what he can do because he has a lot to prove.
1: So I would jump on the Nikita Gusev train Mm -hmm. yet again because, you know, we know what type of talent he has and we saw tons of flashes of it last year. But really in the last 20 games or so before the season was paused, we really saw a different level from him, whether it was more comfortable having more consistent line mates. To me, him coming back for his second year, now fully adjusted to, A, living in New Jersey, having his family here. He just had uh, his his first son just a couple weeks ago who was born here in North America. Just all these very little things in terms of being accustomed to being here, more familiar with the English language. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what type of added level is in his game uh, now that that he'll be in a second year.
2: I think those are both great. I want to go back to a player that you've already mentioned, Matt, but Damon Severson, he's a player that in his year and media availability talks so much about how he started off the season in a way he wasn't happy with. And by the end of the season, he felt he was really connecting with the coaching staff. He really felt that he was seeing strides in his game and you know, when you're a player and you're not feeling great about your game, it does translate on the ice. So when things do start to come together, when you feel that support and that trust with the coaching staff and you get that confidence, it does translate on the ice. So I am excited to see how he takes that end of the year where he was really feeling like he was making a breakthrough and take that into this season because it is so important. It is one of those things that you need to have that confidence in order to really translate on the ice. And now we have a much stronger back end. I mean, this was something yeah. we've said multiple times on this episode. It was all about developing this back end, this off season for Tom Fitzgerald. And now the defensive core is stronger and we have some great veterans and some bigger players. So how will that also help the other defensemen like Will Butcher and Damon Severson level up? Because they're not the only ones out there that they're relying on. There's multiple players now that are going to be sharing this burden of the defensive core
1: like how you called it a burden the, the burden of being a defenseman
2: you know, Listen, I get it it's <laughs> all on you that's what it's the it fans put the pressure on you and that's the thing about being a defenseman I was a defenseman when I played field hockey actually and there was always the pressure that if there was a goal scored against it was on you <laughs> it wasn't on yeah. the offense it wasn't on you know that forward coming back I to like how you draft. described you it <laughs> <laughs> Even if they were the ones that were supposed to be covering that player who got that shot, it was on you as the defenseman. So for me, it is—I—I I guess burden might be aggressive word, but it is all <laughs> no, on. No, I, <laughs> I just thought it was funny.
1: I just—I just thought it was funny. And I think a very interesting element is the element right now of a taxi squad, which is unusual. We haven't seen it in the NHL game um, for this year only, given the circumstances and needing to have backup players. That's going to provide, I believe anyways, an opportunity for some players who may just be on the cusp that you might want to be playing more in the NH- or AHL be with the NHL team because it is necessary to have those cusp players Mm -hmm. just in case. So whether that is a Ty Smith, whether he, you know, whether that is a Nolan foot, like who, I mean, those are two top tier talents that are coming through the system, but this is an opportunity for some of those young guys to push And in other years would maybe not make it and have to go to the AHL to foster their talent a little bit more, but now get a little bit of the taste Mm -hmm. um, and opportunity because practicing with the big team is, is, is a part of being on the taxi squad.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, as if you look at this team, improved defensively. I don't think there's any question about that. Particularly in goal, and then on the back end, adding a couple of the guys that we talked about, Murray and Kulikov will certainly help. But offensively, there's still some room. And whether or not between now and when the season starts, Fitz is able to add another forward, I don't know. I don't think he's done. So as we wrap things up, uh, the season about to start in a couple of weeks. Catherine, I'll start with you. Where do you think the Devils wind up? What will it take to, I think it's going to be hard to get into the top four, but to stay in the conversation until May.
2: Well, I know Amanda mentioned this and I really want to echo this, but Lindy Ruff coming into this team and the weight his name bears is so important. And I think even though he is coming into a brand new franchise, like you were saying, Matt, he hasn't really had a chance with these players I think he will be able to do more in his first year than most coaches would ever be able to do in a normal season their first year with the team. So I do think Lindy will get them on a path that they are winning a consistent amount. I don't want to say that I think you know, they're going to have the best season they've had in seven years because there's so many variables that you really just cannot account for in these COVID seasons. We've seen it in the NHL. We've seen it in MLB. We saw it in every other sport possible, but I think it's really hard to predict where a team will be. So I don't want to say specifically, I think they'll make the playoffs or this or that. What I want to say is, I think by the end of the season, you will see a defensive core that is significantly stronger and sharper than it was last year. I think you're going to see younger players get their chance at minutes in the NHL and really start to develop and really start to feel confident. And I think you're going to see a couple first nhl goals this year. I also think that you're going to see some superstars like Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac really lead this team and build it. And I don't necessarily say that this will be the season that it all clicks, but I do think this is the start of a longer period of success for the Devils. I do think that this year will be the start of that. I don't want to say, you know, no playoffs or playoffs just because it's so hard to predict in this sort of quick game or quick 56 game season. Like Amanda said, you really do have to get off to the start, off to the races, literally the first game. I don't want fans to panic, though, because it is really hard to start a game, a series with no preseason games. But I do think you're going to see a lot more consistency with all areas of the Devils. And hopefully that translates into a playoff chance this year. It is a harder division, though. So we cannot make promises.
0: Amanda? Amanda?
1: It's going to be harder in the sense that the way things are organized, um, you know, you're playing games in series. So you're going to see the Boston Bruins to kick off the schedule twice in a row. You know, that doesn't ever really happen. And twice in a row at home. So there's no travel in between and change of venue. So it is going to be hard because the adjustments that your opponents are going to be able to make to you are instantaneous. They don't have to look a couple, you know, weeks down the line. And I guess like the same can be said for, for you as your own team. So that I think is going to make it difficult. Um, Look like this is a team that's in transition. I talked before about the changing of the guard. That's just happening right now. A lot of the teams, you know, are, you know, and just Boston sort of, you know, creeps out into my head here, that's a tough addition into this division. So I too don't like making predictions because they tend to come and haunt me in the end. But I will say, I think it's going to be a grind right from the get-go, an absolute grind. um, And that is also part of the identity that has been built here with Tom Fitzgerald and what he's done with Dan McKinnon is built this team with skill but also the desire to grind out games, no matter how it comes about. So for me, this is just a continuation, sorry, Maddie, of changing of the guard and um, seeing if they can build off what they did at the end of last year because they took it to a new level for who they are.
0: Yeah, I think that it's a season where, as Catherine mentioned and, and you touched upon, we will see improvement We will see that the uh, train is headed the right way and there's excitement down the line. Whether it translates into a playoff spot, I think awfully difficult in this division. But look, you play the games for a reason and... Boston, yes, a tough addition, but are they a little bit in decline? Uh, Is Pittsburgh a little bit in decline? Peter Laviolak comes into Washington. You would think they get a little boost, but Washington's got an aging lineup uh, as well. So anything can happen when you play the games. Will the Islanders be what they were last year or or will they take a hit? Uh, So on and on it goes. That's why you play the games, as I said. But I think it is a difficult division. Hope springs eternal. And so we hope when it begins against Boston, it leads to some good things. But we think that for sure, it'll be an exciting year for the New Jersey Devils.
1: No matter how it turns out, right, because you're starting the season in mid-January and it goes to later May, or I guess early May, so later than it would a regular, regular season – the new season will come a lot faster. So, so, no, ma- so no matter what happens this year, the offseason will be shorter and you can just like look forward to a new season where we'll get to go hopefully visit Seattle.
2: And right. there's another good part about the, this season is we're going to be playing our rivals so much more and we all know how excited the fans get whenever we're playing the Philadelphia Flyers, and the New York Rangers, even the Islanders, whoever we're playing. So to play each other eight times is going to be quite a show. It's (laughs) probably going to be a little too much, but like you were saying, Amanda, about, you know, you can make these adjustments almost instantaneously against these players. I'm really excited to see how an eighth game against the Philadelphia Flyers is different from the first game of the season, because you know, it's going to be completely different and it's probably going to feel almost like Stanley cup playoff hockey towards the end of the season with these games. Since these teams have played each other so many times and that one period of time where the Rangers and the devils are playing each other for four straight games, that's going to be its own mini playoffs. So Mm -hmm. fans look forward to that in April. That will be an exciting one.
0: It all begins in just a few short weeks. Excited about what the upcoming season holds. Catherine Bogart, Amanda Stein, thanks so much for your time. Again, Happy New Year to you and Happy New Year to all our listeners. And that'll wrap things up on this edition of Speak of the Devils. Again, thank you very much, all of you, for your company. Until next time, be well, everyone. Be safe. Happy New Year. And let's go Devils.